so excited to be in our third week of our series called What's the Point? I won't waste much more time, but I do want to introduce uh, Nate one more time. But Nate is one of our board members, but, but so much more than board member. He's one of our best friends, one of our best cheerleaders, uh, one of our best encouragers and overseers. Uh, Maddie, who you see us lead, uh, who leads us in worship every week. Uh, she spent a year with him, uh, a little bit more, and uh, he just poured into her. And so, so much of what you see here uh, is because of what Nate has planted in different people and in us. And so, uh, so much more, like I said, than board member or friend, uh, just he's us. Amen. He's just a part of us. And so, lives on the east side from Detroit, national recording artist. I could go on and on about all of his accomplishments, but he would hate that. And so, will you just give your best to Pastor Nate Marielke? It's always so good to be here, guys. Thank you so much for your warm welcome and for just jumping in with us to worship. Um, appreciate the band. Uh, this this group of guys has never worked together before. We I had a last minute dropout of a drummer that couldn't make it, so I appreciate Alec. He's one of your one of your West Side folks um, uh, for jumping in. So can you give it up for him? And <clears throat> also, so I always love playing with the bass player. He's my brother-in-law. So. It's always good to have family on stage, and um, yeah, so give it up for David. You can do that. It's cool. And yeah, it's so great to see Maddie just grow and develop. Um, her voice is getting stronger. She's just doing such a great job. Can't say enough how proud I am of you, Maddie. You're doing such a great work here, and it's only going to continue. You're just going to continue to excel and be excellent and, and grow musically and spiritually. I just believe that. And always so great to be here. The only problem with being here is I can't make it through songs because I just start crying. Um, because, number one, the presence of the Lord is here in such a powerful way, you guys. You need to know that. There's, you need to be affirmed in that, that God's presence is among you. There is something so special. When the people of God gather together and, and you sense God's presence, that's not a small thing. That's not a light thing. That's a, that's a major thing. That's the presence of creator God that is in your midst as you worship and as you fellowship and as you get together. And I, I just so strongly sense his presence here, so I just, I'm so undone. I'm I'm so emotional by, um, in that. And also just to see Josh and Jess, I mean, I, this is my probably my fifth, fourth or fifth time here. And I'm still just moved to see you guys just living out the destiny that God has for you. And I'm just, I love to see that and to see the success and the growth. Now two services on Sunday morning. And uh, wow, amazing. Come on, we got to celebrate that, guys. That's awesome. Um, And it really doesn't stop here, guys. It really does not stop here. And um, I, am, I am your biggest cheerleader. I, when I hear about your success, I explode inside as if I'm experiencing that success. Because I really do feel like I'm home. I really feel like part of you guys. And it's, it's wonderful. And as I was praying about you, you guys and thinking about today, the Lord gave me a picture. And this is going to be really, it's going to seem maybe a little silly to some of you. But I'm going to share it anyway because... Sometimes the Lord speaks through pictures, and it, it can be a little strange, but I want to just share with you what I feel like the Lord had, had showed me. And, and as I was just sitting up in your office praying, the Lord clearly showed me a picture of himself, and he had a huge mixing bowl, like massive mixing bowl in a kitchen, okay? And he's in a kitchen. He even had like, <laughs> I know this sounds funny, but he even had like a little bit of flour on his face as if he'd been like working on something, okay? And, and look, just, just go with me here, okay? I'm not trying to be irreverent. You know, I, I revere the Lord, but he's also, 
showed himself to us as, as Jesus. He came and walked among us, and he wasn't afraid to get in the dirt with us. I mean, this is the guy who spit on the ground and made mud to heal someone's eyes. So he's not afraid to get dirty with us. So this is the picture I saw. Here's, G, here's the Lord, and he's got, you know, he's been working, and he's mixing this bowl. He's just mixing. And the look on his face is one of excitement, of, of pride, and of joy. And he's, he's communicating even through his face, like, you, I'm preparing something for you, and you're really, really going to like it. And I just feel like that's what I feel very strongly and clearly. That's what the Lord share, would share with you this morning as a church, as vertical ministry. I'm preparing something for you right now. I'm mixing and I'm stirring and I'm working on something. And you're going to really, really like it. So just know that God is with you. He is for you. And, and his purposes are being accomplished through, through you. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I believe last time I was here, the last couple of times I was here, I had a word about roots going down deep and branches getting, uh, you know, growing uh, broader, and broader and larger and your, out, your, your reach is getting larger. We're seeing that happen. That God's preparing something that you're really going to like. I don't know exactly what it is, but he just wants to encourage you that he's working and he want, he's really excited about it. He's more excited about it than you are, trust me. But I just want to uh, say thank you again for having me here. And, and I, I thought it was great, the timing, because we just released a new uh, EP. It's just, a, it's just a three-song EP, but we just released that uh, this weekend. So you guys are like one of the first groups to get it and to hear the new songs and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited about tonight. I'm really hoping you all can come back and spend some time in worship. I, I just want to spend some time with you in worship and, and see what the Lord would do. And I just have a, a, a really kind of a, a short word this morning. We're going to try our best to keep it short. Um, but I want to jump in with you guys with what we've been talking about with what's the point? What's the point? What a great question. What a great question. I mean, when you, when you live with purpose and you know what your purpose is, you know what your point is, there's an energy that you have, right? I mean, you take away purpose from people and you take away their will to live. One of the saddest stories I've ever heard, and this is just so sad, and forgive me for sharing a sad story on such a joyous morning, but during the Holocaust, the, the, the Nazis would often try these psychological experiments on the, the Holocaust victims, and one of the things they did this one time, this is so sad, they, they had a, a pile of garbage, and they, had, they forced the prisoners to carry all the garbage over from one side to another, just like, I don't know, it was like 100 yards, and just move this garbage and then when they were done moving that garbage and thought their job was done, the soldiers would say, do it again. And they just all, their whole point was just there was no point. They're just moving garbage back and forth. And you know, those, those people just lost their will to live. They could, they literally could not go on because they didn't have a point. They didn't have a purpose. That's how important this question is. That's how important it is. And, and I know you've been discussing various elements of what is the point. And today, because it's Palm Sunday, I want to look about, I want to talk about for a few minutes praise and worship. And I cannot see that clock back there, so you're going to have to wave at me when it's like, you got to wind down. Okay? So, um, so I want to just jump right into, before we read the word, I want to pray, and then we're going to jump into the word. But you can get ready. Just go to Luke 19 if you have your Bibles. Luke 19. And uh, as you're doing that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today, and I thank you so much for this precious group of people that are called by your name, that are your own, that have been redeemed by you, that have been delivered by you. Bless them today. And Lord, I thank you for your word. What a gift that you've given us, the holy scripture, the inspired words of God that we get to look into today. What an honor, what a privilege. 
And I just bless that today, and I bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to read this whole account this morning of, of, the, of the triumphal entry of what we celebrate on Palm Sunday, uh, Luke's account. And it says this in uh, verse 28. After Jesus has said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter, you'll find a colt tied there with no one which no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? The Lord Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, the owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles they'd seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So Jesus' disciples, they grab this colt. They, the owner says, what are you doing? They say, the Lord needs it. By the way, don't try that. You know, it's not going to work. So if you go, you know, to a car and, you know, jump in and it's not yours. And the owner's like, what are you doing? Don't say the Lord needs it. It's not going to work for you, okay? <laughs> but it worked for them. And so he's on this donkey and he, and he rides into the city, the city urban area. And all these people come out. The disciples are crying out, you know, blessed is the king. He comes in the name of the Lord. This is our time. This is our moment. This is the time where he's going to come and, and rule and reign. And, and, and the, the religious leaders of the day, they were really upset about it. And they just said, hey, you guys got to stop. You got to be quiet. You can't say this about this guy. And Jesus, God made flesh, the son of God says, I tell you what, if they don't do it, the rocks are going to cry out. See, there's something about God, something about the presence of God, the, the, the nature of God, of who he is. He just, he just causes us to praise he he literally draws it out of us he draws it out of creation and if we're not going to do it even creation will cry out you know we, we we all long for beauty there's something about beauty that just that moves us when we see a beautiful sunset over lake michigan one of the one of the things i miss about living here is just being able to drive down to holland state park or grand haven state park and sit there and watch the sun in the summertime just just melt into the lake. It's such a beautiful thing. And it inspires worship, doesn't it? You think about the creator. You think about there is something bigger than me when I see this beauty. And we all long for that. Even creation itself cries out. And you know, the presence of the creator is so fulfilling. There's something fulfilling about seeing that beauty. When we go on vacation, we don't go to ugly places. Now, we don't go to Gary, Indiana. Forgive me if you're from Gary, okay? <laughs> We're not going to vacation in Gary, Indiana, are we? We're going to go up to the sand dunes in northern Lake Michigan. We're going to go to the mountains in Tennessee. We're going to go to the beach in, in Puerto Rico. We're going to go to beautiful places where we can be fulfilled, where we can be satisfied, where we can be, we can be at rest, right? So there's something so innate in us that we long for beauty. And I, I, one of my favorite verses of that, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is, is Psalm 27, where David, I don't have it in the notes, where David says, one thing I ask of you, one thing I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. 
It's something that David talks about, the beauty of the Lord. He, he found something there. He, he found something beautiful in God's presence. And, in the, and it was all in the context of worship. There's nothing like worship that, that makes us aware of his presence. And it's part of this morning, there was a beautiful awareness of God's presence. Now, did God just come in because we were singing? No, he was always here. But when we began to praise him, we became aware of him, became aware of his greatness. And that's exactly what, what happened here on the day that Jesus came riding in, on the day we celebrate Palm Sunday, when they were crying out in praise. They became aware of him. They saw, they began to see his destiny, and they began to declare it, and it, it caused them to just rise up and praise so we were, point one, what's the point? The point is, we were created to worship. We're, there's something so innately in us. Whether you're, whether you're a believer yet or not, you were created to worship. You were created to, even non-believers can see a beautiful sunrise or sunset or beautiful mountainscape and say, wow. Even just by saying, wow, you know what you're doing? You're worshiping. You're honoring the creator who made that. So we were created for that. We were created to worship. That's why worship is so important in the context of church. We, we've, got to, we've got to keep it sacred. We've got to keep it happening. We've got to, we, we should never abandon or forsake the singing of songs together and worshiping and using instruments to worship God. So the point is we were created to worship. And in worship, the second point, the point is in worship, we have identity as sons and daughters. We embrace our identity as children of God. In worship. Now, I, I love this scripture. Um, Jesus is hanging out at a, at a well one time with this lady who um, had kind of a sordid past. And he's hanging out with her. And, and he, he makes this for you. can look it up later. I don't really have time to get into it today. But, but he makes this statement to her. He says, the Father is seeking worshipers. The Father is seeking worshipers. It's so interesting that Jesus, that, you know, the whole time he was on the earth, he kept telling his disciples, I've come here to reveal that God is your father. Now, this was a radical new idea to the people of the first century. You mean God is our father? And he takes it a step further. And in the New Testament, he adds the idea that God is our Abba father. Abba, this intimate word that only like little children use when they love their parents. Well, those of you that are parents, don't you love, those of you that are dads, don't you love to hear your little child say, Daddy? Isn't it the best thing in the world? It, those of you that are moms, don't you love to hear your little son say mama or mommy? And there's, some, there's an, a term of endearment that they only use with you. That is your special word for that child. It, my, my son doesn't call anybody else daddy. He just calls me daddy. And that's special. That's intimate. That's close. So when Jesus comes and he says, hey, I'm revealing God to you as Abba. I'm revealing God to you as Father. And guess what? The Father's looking for worshipers. So in the context of worship, we embrace our identity as children of God. And that is so incredibly important. Because if we understand who we are as sons and daughters, then we begin to act just like Jesus acted on the earth. We, do, we begin to do the same things that he did. And we see the same results that he saw. It's an amazing thing when you embrace your identity as a child of God. And if you, even today, you know, if you're, you're not sure about your identity or you're not even sure about this, this thing about Jesus or about God, I want to tell you right now, God looks upon you as his own child. And he loves you dearly. 
and deeply. And he sent his only son, his only begotten son, to die on a cross, to, to be nailed to a cross for you and for me because he loves us. That's how far he was willing to go to reveal, you know what, you're my child, and I will do anything for you, even die. There's, there's, well, I would die for my child in one second. There's, there's not even a thought. I'd put myself in harm's way. And that's the same beyond even my love for my children. God reveals his love for us in this, that he was willing to even lay down his own life to say, you are my children. And there's no length that I will go. There's no height that I won't, won't traverse to be so that you could be called my own. He loves us. So in worship, we uh, the point is we have an identity as sons and daughters, and I cannot overemphasize how much purpose this brings to your life. Because we all have bad days. We all have rough times where we wonder what's wrong with us, what's going on. But if we can go back to, you know what, you know what, I might be struggling here or not, might not be seeing what I want to be seeing in my life, but I'm a child of God. I'm a son, I'm a daughter, I belong to a great father. And that brings so much purpose and identity back to our lives. You know, we live in a culture that is so um, incredibly um, performance-driven. We, we find our worth based on what we do, based, based on what our craft, especially as men, guys. We, man, we, we want to do our jobs well, don't we? And we, we can tend to find our identity in that, but God's asking us to go further than that and embrace our identity as his beloved child. And when we do that, there's a peace and a rest that comes to our life, and we actually do more than we can ever do when we're just striving in our own self and trying to make something happen. So the point is, we have identity as sons. In worship, we embrace our identity as sons and daughters. And then lastly, uh, the point is, our worship must be missional. Let me explain that to you. Let's go back to the day that we just read about when Jesus was riding on the donkey into Jerusalem and all of his disciples were crying out all these praises and, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and, and, and the king's coming and he's ready to take his throne. Now, I want to tell you something. I want to give you a little bit of insight into what they were thinking. Because when we sing blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, we're, we're coming from a completely different context than they were on that day. They thought Jesus was riding into Jerusalem to take Herod out of the way, to take the, the, to take the political power out, and he was going to sit in the throne, and then he was going to make all of his disciples his right-hand men, and that the, the, you know, Jerusalem and Israel was going to prosper greatly because now the Messiah was sitting as king on the throne. And, man, you know, they'd seen him, they'd seen him you know, do miracles and make bread and fish out of nothing. You know, they seen him multiply the bread and fish and thought, we're never going to be hungry. We're never going to have to worry about bills anymore. So they were all excited because of what God was going to do for them. Now, that's okay. It's okay to praise God for what he's done for us. We did it this morning. It is right. It is good. We should praise God for what he's done for us. But I think there's a deeper level of praise. It's when we begin to praise him for who he is rather than just what he can do. We just, we step back, because you know why? Because on bad days, because you know why, that's so improper. Because you know why, guys? Okay, I'm, because on bad days, we can still praise him for who he is. Because, you know, if you're like me, when, when, something, when something happens that's really disappointing to me, I have a tendency to go, man, God must not be on my side. 
You know, where's God? God, where are you? You ever ask that? God, where are you in this situation? If we're honest with ourselves, probably all of us have. But, you know, if we be, go beyond just thinking about what he can do for us and we begin to praise him for who he is, even on bad days, we can stand up and say, you know what? This didn't go my way, God, but I'm still going to praise you because you're worthy of it. It's still worthy of it. And, and then there's a deeper level I want to talk about right now of worship where we understand what the mission of Jesus is. Now, when they were praising him on that day, on Palm Sunday, we'll call it, they didn't understand what his mission was. They thought, we're going to overthrow the government. It's going to be awesome. But actually, the opposite happened, or what looked like the opposite. He ends up getting nailed to a cross, dying a criminal's death. And here's their king, where a week before, they were saying, here he comes. The king's coming. He's going to sit and reign in power. It's going to be awesome, guys. They're all slapping each other on the back. And we're going to be princes, and we're going to have this. And we're probably going to have a nice high-rise condo and all this kind of stuff. A week later, they're hiding in their little homes as Jesus is nailed to a cross. And they're going, what happened? But what they didn't know that we know is that Resurrection Sunday was coming. And when Jesus emerged out of that tomb that we celebrate next Sunday, we're going to celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. When he emerged out of that tomb, they realized it all made sense to them. Wow. Everything he's been saying has been different than what we've been thinking. But here he is, the resurrected, risen Lord, and he is going to build his kingdom, but he's going to do it completely different than how the world does. He's going to use unlearned fishermen, and he's going to turn the world upside down because he's going to put his power in weak vessels. And they're going to take this message to the ends of the earth. And now 2,000 years later, here we are today because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If he did not rise from the dead, we would not be here. There would be no such thing as Christianity. There'd be no such thing as a church. There'd be a forgotten memory of a few really scared fishermen who just went back to their back to their old religion and back to their old jobs. But because Jesus Christ rose from the dead, his mission continues. And what is his mission? What did he do? He came to this earth and he poured himself out for sinners. He came to this earth and he expended himself completely for us. So the point is, the point is, if we're going to be worshipers, our worship has to be missional, which means we should have the same mission that Jesus had. So how can we pour ourselves out for others? How can we expend ourselves? What are areas that we can expend ourselves in? There's a lot of areas. There, there's, there's simply by you serving at this church, you're expending yourself for others to get the gospel, to get ministry, to get healing. You can, by joining the worship team and using your talent, okay, um, a lot of ways. Another way you can do it is by taking care of the poor, taking care of the needy. And I want to just present a couple ways that you can do that today, okay? I hate I hate anything where I'm promoting what I'm doing, but I'm just going to tell you one thing that I'm doing that where we could come together to help the poor. I've, I found this charity uh, last week that I just fell in love with. It's called Charity Water. And what they do is 100% of all of their donations, literally 100% go right to drilling freshwater wells in third world villages. And you begin to hear the stories about children dying simply because they need clean water. That breaks my heart. And I'm like, my goodness, if I can do even just a little bit with my life, 
a little bit of, of overflow of my life to, to help with that. So one thing we're doing with the, the release of the new album, all of our iTunes sales for the next 21 days are going to go right to Charity Water. So if you could just today, even if you buy a CD, we'd love to sell you a CD too. But even if you, uh, even today if you buy a CD, go to iTunes, it's $2.97. $2.97, you get uh, my new EP on your iTunes, and, and 100% of that money is going to go right to Charity Water for the next uh, for the next 21 days. So if you can do that, that'd be great. Number, the second way is uh, you guys know that, um, for those of you that know me, um, I work with Compassion International. I think this is the number one ministry out there, number one nonprofit organization that takes care of impoverished children. Eight, it's 38 bucks a month for you and I. That's not much, but we sponsor a child, and 86 cents of every single dollar goes right to that child. The rest goes to take care of their offices and all that kind of stuff, but 86 cents, 86% of every bit of that money goes right to the child, and I want to just encourage you to, to sponsor a child today. You literally save and change their lives, and I, I've, I've got, I think, 25 here. I'd love to get as many of them sponsors as I can, um, so if you'd like to do that, they're back at my table, but we need to connect with the mission of Jesus in such a powerful way. I want to show you a picture of uh, a, fr a friend of Catherine's, this next slide. This is Joel. This is Joel Shrum. He uh, was a missionary in um, Yemen. And what he did is he took his family, moved into Yemen, and he taught young, impoverished children how to speak English. That's all he did. And then he shared the love of Jesus. Yemen is a closed country. It's very Islamic. It's a Muslim country. It's illegal to preach the gospel, but he came in there as a teacher to, to teach English uh, to the, to the um, poor. And they fell in love with him. The whole, I mean, his whole neighborhood, his whole, like really his whole country fell in love with Joel because of the love that he shared um, to, these, to these people, with these people. Sadly, four years ago, just two days ago, we, we commemorated um, his death because sadly, four years ago, he was shot by Al-Qaeda. As he was driving his van, they, they came in on motorcycles, like you would imagine in the movie, and just with, with automatic weapons, just killed him, murdered him on the street. And what's amazing about Joel's life, and I'm going to share a quote from him in a minute. What's amazing about Joel's life, he lived with so much purpose, he got the point so much that when he was gunned down in the street, the whole nation rioted in anger of his murder. Show that next slide, if you would. Here they are in the streets saying, we want justice for Joel. They were so upset. I mean, literally, they took to the streets by the hundreds and by the thousands, and they were just holding up signs saying, we love Joel. This should not have happened. And they, look at them. These are Muslims. These are Muslims that Joel showed the love of God to them so much that they were so, oh, so overcome with anger at his death. Joel got the point, didn't he? I want you to see a quote by Joel, something he said before he died. He said, and I think this is beautiful, and I, I'll try to make it through. Um, this is actually my wife's friend, a very good friend of my wife, so it's, it's pretty close to our family. The true test of perfection in the Christian life is not how much we pray, although that's important. It's not how much we fast or how much power we have flowing in our lives. It's how much we can love those that hate us. I think Joel got the point. He embraced the way of the cross in a way that probably all of us in this room will never be asked to. He laid down his life, shed his blood for the sake of Christ. And look at his heart. The mark of the Christian life, perfection of the Christian life. How much can we love those who hate us? 
How often do we hear that message today? Not very often. It doesn't come from the White House. It doesn't come from our seats of power. It barely comes from our churches. But the true test of perfection, the Christian life, is to embrace the mission, embrace the mission of Jesus, what I call missional worship. It's not enough to just raise our hands and sing anthems, although that's important. It's an, it, true worship begins when we embrace the mission of Jesus. Now, let's, let's, let's back way up. Like I said, many of us aren't called to go to Yemen to close country, but we can do this right here in Zeeland, Michigan, in Holland, Michigan, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We can embrace the unlovable, and we can show the love and light of Jesus while we embrace the work and message of the cross. So the ultimate purpose is love. Jesus said something so interesting to us, and it, it's, it's, it's inscribed in Scripture in the, in the gospel. He said, and, and actually Pastor Josh alluded to it earlier, he, Jesus said, if we try to save our lives, we're going to lose it. But if we're willing to lose our life, we will find it. And if I could just put an exclamation point on this whole thing, that's the point. To lose your life for others. I don't mean to physically, literally lose your life, but in every way that God calls us to, how can we lose our lives to, to, for others, for love? Giving is a way. That's like, like Pastor Josh said, it seems like we're losing when we give. But we actually find life when we share our resources with other people. Joy and happiness comes when we give. You, and literally, you, can't, you really, and I, I know preachers say this, but it's true. Try it. You can't outgive God. You cannot. There have been times that the Lord has asked us to give very sacrificial amounts. My wife and I would look at each other and say, hey, we're just excited because God's going to pour back in our lap. It happens every time. Every single time. Can't outgive God. So that's one way, but another way is just by serving and giving, losing our lives, spending that extra time on a Sunday morning with somebody who's hurting, you know. And I'm preaching to myself right now because I'm always trying to rush around and do things, but spending that extra time. Notice, does somebody need to talk to me right now? I have no idea what time it is. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and we're going to just have one more time, one more moment of worship. Um. We got another service coming in here at 1045. So we're going we're gonna to have a moment of worship. And as we get into this, guys, I want to ask you a few questions, okay? Uh, number one, what am I worshiping? Am I actually worshiping God? Have I, have I made that step to, work, to be a worshiper of God? And I want to say to you today that those of you that, you know what, maybe you're not, you're not sure about this whole Jesus thing. You're not sure about Christianity. Maybe you haven't put your faith in Jesus. I want to tell you today. That is the best decision you'll ever make. If you make that choice to say, Jesus, and what you, what, all you're doing is saying, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you rose from the dead, and that your spirit is here alive in us, and I repent of my sins, I turn away from my old life, and I want to link myself up with you and your ways. Number two, am I looking for beauty in things that do not fulfill? It's a huge question. I think we've all been there, guys trying to find something that fulfills us that just doesn't. Whether it's entertainment, uh, success and money, that's our focus, that's our what we're, we're looking at, we're trying to find something there. Internet, pornography, whatever it may be. Trying to find beauty 
And am, am I looking for beauty in things that do not fulfill? And then a really important question, have I fully embraced my sonship or daughtership in Christ? Do I really understand that I'm a child of God today based on what he's done for us? That's where faith comes in. We just believe. The apostle John said, see what manner of love is this that we should be called children of God. And then he says, so we are. I love that, so we are, because it leaves no place for doubt. If there's any place to get doubt out, it's this place right here that we put a mark in the ground, put our foot down and say, I'm a child of God. And nothing can change that fact. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, the moment that he redeemed you, you're a child of God forever. Nothing can change that, guys. And then another question, in what areas do I need to attach myself to the mission of Jesus? Maybe there's something... God speaking to you right now. You know, maybe somebody in here is called to be a missionary. Maybe you are called. And if you're called, God will give you the grace to do it. He'll give your family the grace. Maybe you're called to, to reach out in a way in this church that you haven't stepped forward yet. Maybe it's time for you to say, hey, you know, I've been coming here for a few weeks and you need to give Pastor Josh or Maddie or Pastor Jess a call and say, hey, I'm ready to jump in. Where do you need me? Where do you need me to jump in? Where? Let's make this happen. Guys, you know this church, you guys could be reaching thousands of people. That is completely within the realm of possibility but it takes all of us doesn't it it takes pastor josh can't do it alone guys and then the last question am i pouring myself out for others is there am i am i just living a selfish life is there anybody that i'm pouring into is there anybody around me it's a good question guys am i pouring myself into other people or is it just all about me and my job and my family and my life and my finances and my gifting and my calling? Or am I, am I helping raise other people up? Am I undergirding others? Am I pouring myself out in any way? Good question. So we're going to go to the cross right now. And we're going to focus on the cross just for a few minutes with this song.
you for this group of people, God, that are called by your name, that are yours, your children. I pray that supernaturally, that all of us, we walk in this revelation that we are your children. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray.